So we are continuing in the books of Hebrews 13, 8, 18 to 25. And we are now finishing the book of Hebrew. So let's go. So uh, it says 18, 18, 18. Okay. All right. So pray for us. So the, the writer is saying, pray for us. For our con- conscience is clear and we want to live honorably in everything we do. And especially pray that I will be able to come back to you. Now may the, may the God of peace who brought you up from the dead, from, from the dead our, Lord Jesus, our Lord Jesus, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, the rectified and internal covenant with his blood, may he, be, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him, and the glory to him forever and ever. Amen. I urge you, dear brothers and sisters, to pay attention to what I'm, I'm, I have written in, in this brief exhortation. I want you to know that our brother Timothy has been released from jail. If he comes here soon, I'll bring him with me to see you. Greet all your leaders and all the believers out uh, there. The believers from Italy send you, uh, you their greetings. May, the Lord, may, the, may God's grace be with you all. So here we are coming to the end of Hebrews, and you've been with us uh, on Wednesday. We've been going through the book of Hebrews. So if you haven't, go back, back and listen. There is so much to be written. And the writer is asking for prayer, that even though he has so much wisdom, because we saw that in Hebrew, right? There's a lot of wisdom. There's one thing that he's still asking, saying, even at the end, I still need you guys to pray for me. He declares that with his good conscience, and he, uh, if you look at some other verses, he says, he uses the word, he's convinced that he has good conscience, and that they have conducted themselves honorably in all things. So whatever he's written and whatever he's doing, his conscience is clear. I remember when I was growing up, uh, I was raised by my grandmother, and uh, she was a very strong Christian. And I remember there are many times when she did not punish me because of maybe something that I did. Most of the time she would come, she's like, hey, is your conscience clear? And I didn't really understand what that meant. But now as I continue, I realize is, I, is the Holy Spirit judging you? Do you feel that you've done right? Because we all know when we do wrong and when we do right. And so from a very young age, you'll be like, is your conscience judging you? And I was like, no, Grandma, I didn't do it. And she's just like, don't worry about it. But of course, we got whooped if I did other stuff, right? But my point is, you know when you're doing the right thing. You know when you're doing the wrong thing. There is no excuse in nowadays where if you don't know whether you're doing the right thing, you can go online and look and see whether you're doing the right thing. No, you can't. There's a lot of lies out there. Okay? (laughs) So he urges them to pray for him honestly so that he may be restored to them. He speaks to blessing over them. The other thing, he urges them to listen to this message of encouragement that he has so briefly written. So I like that because when you look at the verse 13, he says, which I have briefly written. So he had a lot more to say, right? And honestly, I resonate with that because today we're going to be looking at some people in the Bible and the stories are huge, like they are really huge. If you guys want to be here until 10 o'clock, I'm okay with that, right? But what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you guys homework. Right. So as we go through, there's homework for you guys to uh, to go through. And so what's going to happen is I'm going to see you on Sunday, two weeks from now, and I'm going to ask you, did you do your homework? Right. So he also notes that Timothy who is released from prison and hope to join them soon, and then he adds with uh, with greetings. So today I want to talk to you about doing all things with with integrity. 
The dictionary defines integrity as the, uh, the, the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. Moral uprightness, the state of being whole and undivided. If you look at our country, if you look at the world right now, the biggest thing that's missing is integrity. One minute I'm saying this, I'm recorded on video, but then tomorrow I say that wasn't me and I don't even remember that. Right? Same thing with even churches and people. People are saying things and then they deny that that's not what they said, even though they clearly said it in that content. And the issue with that is becoming a norm. That's what we are showing our kids. That's what we are showing our next generation, that it's okay to bend a little bit and walk away from the integrity. But the Bible is saying, even the writer is saying, I looked at my conscience and realized that I have been honorable in all things. I've had integrity in all things. I wonder if you guys know somebody who has questionable integrity. Can you trust them? You know, somebody comes in and is like, bro, I have, a, I have a bicycle that I'm selling or I have something that I'm selling. And the first question you ask them is, is it clean? <laughs> right? Where'd you get that from, man? Right? <laughs> where'd, you, where'd you go, right? Because that's it. You already know. And the, the issue with that as Christian is, why are you even dealing with those people if you already know that the integrity is short? Yeah. Right? But when I talk about integrity, you have to think about it. The Bible says in um, when Hebrews 12, 14, Pursue peace with all people and holiness. And that one has been coming a lot as we preach. Without which, one, which, without which no one will see the Lord, right? Holiness, if you don't have integrity, you have no holiness. And you will not see the Lord. There is a demand for holiness and lack of it will keep us from God. But I think when I speak about integrity, it is easy for us to think about the big things like stealing, you know, cheating and all that stuff. But I believe integrity is a hard condition. True? Integrity is a hard condition. It's, I know in my heart I'm doing the right thing. And Jeremiah 17, 10 says, I, the Lord, such is the heart. I test the mind even to every man according to his way, according to the fruit of his doing. The Lord tests our mind. So before you even compromise your integrity, the Lord already checked your mind and knew that you don't have any integrity. Proverbs 21:12. Every of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. What if we approach every single day with that verse? That everything to me looks right in my own eyes. Getting a side deal or getting whatever that is, something that's just a little bit to, to the right or a little bit to the left. But if I thought everything that I did that God weighed it, how would I be approaching my life? What kind of integrity would I have in my, in my dealings? We have to be careful that we are doing everything, honor, we're doing, we, are, we are honorable in everything. Let's not compromise our integrity. And I'm talking about even the little thing and especially the little things. A little bit of cheating in taxes here. A little bit of writing things off for business people. A little bit of paying less. Especially this is a big one when you go buy a car or you buy something. Like especially if you buy from a private person, you are like, hey, can you just write that I bought it half the price so I don't have to go pay taxes on that. I don't have to pay the DMV for that. I'll let that one rest for a minute. That is not integrity. And the issue with lacking for integrity is, listen, if you are going to that person, you, first of all, you have no integrity and God weighs and measures your heart. Right? Second of all, what are you telling this person that they are doing? 
you're now compromising them in the, in the things that they are doing. Reporting a little bit more hours on your time card than you should. Making side deals to benefit ourselves when you're supposed to be in the right way. Little white lies. By the way, I hate that. Little white, what is little white lies for real? Because before God, it's a lie. You can be like God, but, well, Lord, you know what? Um, I did really well, but there was this little white lie, right? No, it's just a lie. It's just a lie, right? <laughs> Thank you. But, but, but the thing is, we lack integrity in that because even when we go to the kids and we are teaching our kids, we are telling them, oh, it's just a little white lie. But then guess what? Little comes, and then the next minute it's a bigger lie. Then it's a huge lie. But they are all lies no matter what they are. We have to check our integrity. So what causes us to compromise our integrity? I'll tell you what. Fear is one of the things that causes us to, to uh, compromise our integrity. We feel that if I don't lie or if I don't bend the truth towards what I want, then I'm not going to get where I want to go. And this, hasn't, this, this affects everybody. Nobody is immune. And we're going to look here at Abram in Genesis 12, 12 11 to 17. And it says, um, and it came to pass when he, had, he, when he was close to entering Egypt, that he said to his wife, Sarai, his, to, uh, Sarai, his wife, Indeed, I know that you are a woman of beauty continence. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see that they will say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will let, they will let you live. Please say you are my sister, that it may be well with me, it may be, it may be with me for, for your sake. And that I may live, I may live because of you. So it was then when Abraham came into Egypt that the Egyptians saw the woman and she was very beautiful. The prince of Pharaoh also saw her and commanded to Pharaoh and all the, uh, and commanded her to Pharaoh. And the women, the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. He treated Abraham well for his sake. He, he had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male female servants, all those things. But the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his, his house with great plague because of Sarai, Abraham's wife. So if you go down to that story, and this is part of it, I'm giving you guys homework to read that story in uh, uh, Genesis 12. God had already promised Abraham that he was going to bless him and he was going to multiply him. There was no question that Abraham, if he actually took for a moment and thought about it, at that point he didn't have the generation that God was saying, Right? He didn't even have Isaac at that point, right? And so if he really took a moment at that point to think about what God had promised him, he would never have worried whether he's going to be killed because it doesn't matter what he goes through, right? But because he had fear, he decided to lie. And the sad part with that is it pushes us to not be, not just to, to lose the honor of who we are, but it caused even Pharaoh to be hurt. How many times in our life have we compromised our integrity? And not only did it affect ourselves, our children, our, our spouses, but it also affected other people in our life. Because it's one thing if you, choose, if you do choose that you're going to do the wrong thing. But it's another thing when you're tripping a brother or a sister because you lack integrity. Fear pushes us to do things that are not honorable. God was the one that had called Abram to leave his home and go where he was blessing him. And he was the one who was guiding him. God did not forget that, that Sarai was beautiful. He knew that. And so it didn't matter, but it was a test for, for us. And so when you look at Abram, who we look forward as a, as, as a spiritual figure, it tells us unless we check our hearts, we too can be compromised. Right? We too can be compromised. 
So where is it in your life today that you've allowed fear to affect your integrity or affect others? Where is it in your life that you've allowed fear to affect your integrity or to affect others? Think about it. The second point is this. The second uh, thing that, that makes us compromise our integrity is greed. You guys know the story of Balaam, right? So just a summary again, it's a big, uh, you have to read num- Numbers 22. So go read that. Three weeks from now, when I meet you in the parking lot, what's going to happen? I'm going to ask you if you read Numbers 22, right? And because you have integrity, you're not going to say you did it, right? <laughs> You're going to tell me the truth, right? <laughs> All right. So Balaam, for those who haven't read or just a reminder, Balaam was a prophet. Balak, king of Moab, called him to go and curse the people of God, the Israelites. Though God instructed Balaam numerous times that he should not go, he still went with him. And it was multiple times that he went, he would go back to God. And, and we can see in Numbers 22, 5, 6, it says, Then he sent a message to Balaam, the son of Borah, which is near the river of the land, the son of the people, to call him, saying, Look, our people have come from Egypt. See, they cover their faces in the earth, and we are set, settling next, they are settling next to me. Therefore, please come at once, cast the people for me, for they are too mighty for me. Perhaps, perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land, for I know that he whom you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. So even, even uh, Balak knew that Balaam, if he blessed them, People are blessed. If you are cursed, you'll be cursed. But when you read this story, I know we read the story and we are more excited about Balaam speaking with the donkey, right? But when you think about before that, why, why would Balaam even open his heart to, to, to that point? Why would, he, why, would even, why would he even go trying to tell God, God, can I cast your people? Here, it's a scenario. So I come here on Wednesday, and God hears me, and, you know, I pray to him, and it's a scenario. Pray to him, and he talks to me. And I'm like, Lord, somebody came from the street down and said, these people have faith and victory are being such a pain. I need you to cast them. And so I go to God, who has blessed us faith and victory, and I tell God, God, the guy down the street said, I need to cast faith and victory. Because remember, the children of Israel, the blessed people who have been given the land next to these people. And then the person goes and says, these people, you need to cast them. But not even that, but the sad part with that is, Balaam continues to go one time. God says, no, don't cast them. He comes again and says, but Lord, can I cast them? And then he comes again, Lord, can I cast them? Numbers 22, 12, says, God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them, you shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. He should not ever have inquired of the Lord at all. He should never have, right? But the thing is, greed is what drove him. If you read the story, again, I'm not going to go through the story, but greed is because he had been promised a lot of things. It was beneficial for him, right? But think about it. What about us? See, I see a lot of people at work going against their Christian brothers and sisters in order to gain favor with their bosses. 
What's the difference? Because that person has prayed and said, God, give me this job. And they're in that place where there's a job. And then you as a brother comes over the job that that person has been given by God. And now you want to cast them in essence. So then that way you can gain favor. I see people here at church, maybe not a faith of victory, but the church in general, where they pray to God, God, change my life, please change my life, give me direction. And they come, and they come to church, and they are, they are growing, but then you as a brother or sister come over, and now you are affecting their life, either backbiting or talking against them or doing things that you're not supposed to. You are cursing them because they have prayed, and those are God's people that are blessed. And when you think about it, it might not be greed for money, but it might be greed for, I want to be right. It might be greed because I want to prove them wrong. It might be greed because I see them doing very well, and I don't want them to be doing that well. That is lack of integrity because of greed. Proverbs 16.2 says, All the ways of men are pure in his eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. The Lord weighs the spirit. And then Numbers twenty two seventeen says, For I will certainly honor you greatly, and I will do, do whatever you say to me. Therefore, please come, cast the people for me. I will give you everything. So this is Balak, say, Balak saying to Balaam, Come over, I will give you everything that you want. I will give you whatever you want. But just cast the people of God. You know what? Go spy on that person at work and tell me how they are doing, and I will give you a promotion. Go see, what, get, go see what that you can get about that person because I, I see they're a little bit off. I know they're trying to grow and everything, but like, go see what I can do. And how, you know, you'll be, you and I will be friends. We'll hang out more. I'll give you everything you wish. Numbers 28 says, Then Balaam answered and said to the servant of Barak, Though Barak were to give, though Barak, were you to give me to give me his house a uh, house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the words of the Lord my God do to do less or more. Sounds very legit, right? Even if you paid me a million dollars, I would not do it. Right? Who right? How many times have we done that in, in essence? Oh, you know what, I'm not gonna do that. Even if you did these things, hint hint, even if you did this thing, I would never do it. Because sometimes, I think, remember what we said, God weighs the intentions of our heart. He weighs the intentions of our heart. Like we, it could be you're not deceiving somebody, but it could be maybe you are doing another dealing, but then the intention, the words that comes out of your mouth are like, well, if we did this thing in this certain way, maybe, you know, it can work out for me. Oh, that would never, the other person would never do that. So you are pretty much gearing them to showing them what you want. And that's what Baraka is doing here. You know, the funny part with that is we talked about uh, how Barak, if you read the story, the donkey was there. So Barak, eventually what happened with, uh, with uh, Balaam, whatever happened to Balaam is he calls, he asked God if he can go, he asked God if he can go, he asked God if he can go, and finally God is like, yeah, man, just just go. Right? Go and I'll tell you what he do. But then as he went, then an angel was sent to kill him and he was riding a donkey and in the process, the, the donkey was the one that told him, hey, can't you, you know, why are you beating me up? And his eyes were open and he got to see, to see the angel who was killing him, who was about to kill him. And remember, that's your part of your homework. When you think about that, I know people say the donkey talk and it's funny. But, if really 
we are all cling to God and, and, and we know his mercy and we really know the, how much he loves us. If we open our eyes, we'll see moments in our lives where he's putting donkeys in quotes to be able to stop us from doing the things that we are doing. But we are so caught up with just wanting to ride the horses and, and, and the things that are shiny and extravagant and listen to the people that, that look like they got it while we are ignoring all these other people that God is speaking through. What if we took a moment to be pay attention to everybody that comes your way? Because the thing is, especially if a Christian brother and sister, when they come to you, it's because God has put them in your, in, in, in your direction. And I know sometimes I'm guilty of that, where I'm like, oh, there's this event happening for this, 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 or I don't click with those people. I don't think I should go there, right? We get to choose the people that we do. What if that moment you are going to hang out with those people was when God was going to speak through them to you? I'll let that one rest. When we speak to others, do our words and action match? When we speak to others, not just Christian, but even the people out there, are our words and action matching? See, there, has, there must have been something that told Barak that Balaam, Balaam was leaning towards doing his will. Because if really he didn't think that he was going to do it in the first place, he would never have kept asking and asking and asking. Right? So when we are talking and when we are doing things, are we giving signals to like, yeah, my mouth is saying no, but my heart is saying something different. Yeah, maybe we, we don't do, do the deal right now in front of people, but if you catch me later at a happy hour, then we can be able to make something happen. So what's the third thing that makes us compromise our integrity? Are you guys with me? Yes. All right. All of you. Awesome. That's good. <laughs> we forget too quickly. There's a story in the Bible in First Kings 13. That's another homework for you guys. It's a big verse. And so there is a young prophet who's sent by God to declare judgment against Jeroboam. And he goes in there and he speaks to Jeroboam and calls judgment against him. And then when he calls judgment against him, God had told him that once you give that judgment, you should literally live and don't stop. Right? So first King thirteen seven says, Then the king said to, to, to the man of God, Come home with me and refresh. So he had been told he cannot eat or drink. As soon as he does the judgment, as soon as he lays the judgment, he should just leave. Right? And so we pick it up from first King thirteen seven says, Then the king said to the, the man of God, Come home with me and refresh yourself, and I will give you a reward. But the man of God said to the king, if you are to give me half your house, I would not go with you, nor would I eat bread nor water in that place. For it was commanded by me, by the, by the word of the Lord, saying, You shall not eat bread nor drink water nor return by the same way you came. So he went another way, and he did not return the way he had come. So he's obedient. He was told, You go, speak judgment. Once you speak judgment, do not eat, do not drink. Then just leave. And don't even leave the same way. Go a different way. But then there was an old prophet who heard this. And he heard that the young prophet, if I want to call him that, had come and given the message. So the old prophet, which actually you can pretty much talk like two hours about the old prophet who was there. Where somebody else has to be brought in the city that he was to speak. So the old prophet was lacking. Right? In our life, if we've been put in a place, but then we are not doing what we're doing, God is going to bring somebody else who's going to actually do it, and you're going to miss the blessings, 
right? And then that blessing is going to bring greed, which we're going to see here. That's part of it. So as, as so the old prophet he's oh I heard this so the old prophet sandals up and he went over he, he went over to, to meet the young man. First King thirteen fifteen seventeen says then he said to him Come home with me and eat bread and he said I cannot return with you nor go with you so the young prophet is telling the old prophet I cannot nor return with you nor go with you neither can I eat bread or drink water with you in that place for I have been told by the by the word of the Lord you shall not eat bread nor drink water there nor return by going the way you came he said I too and then the old prophet says I too am a prophet as you are and an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord saying bring him back to you to your house that he may eat and drink water. He was lying to him. So he went back to him and ate bread in his house and drank water. Then the, the Lord uses the old prophet in First King 13.21 says, And he cried out to the man of God who was from Judah saying, Thus is the Lord, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the commandment which the Lord God commanded you, but you have come back and ate bread and drunk water in the place which the Lord says, Eat, eat no bread and drink no water. Your corpse shall, come to the, your corpse shall not come to the tomb of your father. So pretty much he's saying that. So he's, let me recap real quick. Oh, young prophet goes and prophet does what he needs to do. He says, don't come the same way. Don't, do, don't, don't eat, don't drink, don't come the same, don't go the same way. He leaves. Old prophet hears about it, gets his donkey, gets all the way, tells him, hey, an angel spoke to me. And he told me that, hey, you can come and eat. I'm of the Lord. I too am a prophet. Then in the process, Lord, God speaks through the old prophet and says, you are going to die. And if you read the story, the guy actually gets, the young prophet gets killed by a lion as he goes home. So what does this teach us? We forget too fast. We compromise the integrity because we forget what the Lord is speaking to us. If the young prophet really held on to what God was saying, the same God who had spoken to him don't you think if he really asked God to confirm, Lord, can you please tell me whether I should go? You've already spoken. Can you please confirm if I need to go with this person? And if there was silence, then that was a no. But if God spoke a different one, then it would be, right? But how many times have we give, been given direction by God to go do something, but then in the process, somebody comes and starts chipping in your ear and says, oh, don't, I wouldn't do that. I don't think that's a good idea. Yet you are the one who spoke to the Lord. Yes, the Lord spoke to you and told you, but then we forget and then we affect our integrity with the Lord. Right? Praise God that we are not dying by lions right now, but it's going to cost our lives, right? Because I feel like there is a big percentage of us that we come to church and we are just expecting somebody else to speak on our behalf to God. We are coming to God and saying, uh, well, I'm going to wait for Pastor this or Deacon this person or this person to speak and tell me what's going Do you guys remember that the curtain was cut? Right. Yes. It cut so we can be directed to God, right? Yes. And if, if really we have a situation in our work or our home or something where we need to, 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 to keep our integrity, don't you think it will be easy for us to just go to the other and say, Lord, you say that, how does this affect my integrity? But most of the time when we are in questions, who's the first person that you're running to? 
right? I was talking to one of my friends this morning and said when I, when I first moved to Washington, I was not a good person in California. So when I moved to Washington and I changed my life, I kept telling God, God, I need a friend. Because I had a bunch of friends. I had a bunch of friends in California. We used to hang out. Anytime in the evening, whatever, we used to hang out. And I came out, I was like, Lord, I need, I need some friends. I need some best friends. And God was like, I'm your friend. Yeah. For, and Eva can test this. For almost probably six years, yeah. I was like, I have nobody. I have nobody. Like, I have nobody. I have you. And every time I'm like, Lord, bring somebody in my life. I need a close friend. I need a close friend. And God would be like, I'm your friend. Right? And so I was telling him that from now, from that moment, God taught me something in those six years. That if I'm going through something, you will never see me pick up the phone and call somebody and ask them what I'm going to do. Because I have come to learn that God is my first person that I go to. Right? I go to God. I automatically, because for these six years, which were very hard in our life, I went to God. I went to God. It didn't matter what it was. I would be crying in my car. I would be crying at home. I would be doing whatever it meant, but I went to God. And honestly, when you think about it, the Bible says in the last day, you will be deceived. Even the elite will be deceived. How much more is it that a time for us where we need to go back to God and make him our first best friend, our first love, that no matter what happens, no matter where we are, that we can go to him and for sure know which way to go. Because you think about it, when you read this Bible verse and you think about that story, when I first read it without understanding, I was like, man, God, you are mean. How can you kill a young prophet who... This other guy was godly too. Why would you kill him, right? Why would you let a lion kill him? But when you read the details and you really think about it, he was disobedient because he listened to men and didn't listen to God. How many times have we been listening to men and not listening to God? How many times have we diverted to calling our friends? There's nothing calling our friends, brothers and sisters, but your first call should be to Christ. Should be to God. God, what am I to do with this? Deception in the last day, it will be like this. It will be like this old prophet and young prophet. The Bible says that people say, the Lord is over here. Come see this. Come see this. That's the same thing that's going to happen. Unless we stay in Christ. That our integrity is never compromised. The young prophet was killed by a lion on his way home. We are quick to forget what the Lord has commanded us. If in doubt, let's inquire of the Lord. And it too, for us who are Christian, let us not be like the old prophet. Let us not deceive the younger people, who the younger Christian, if you want to say that. Let's help the next generation. What if this prophet really was like, okay, my time is gone, maybe I need to go repent, but there's somebody new. Let me, let me encourage them. Let me build them, right? So what's the solution? The solution to uh, keeping your integrity intact, anybody guess? Perfect, I'll let you know. It's, first is pray, okay? Pray, pray, pray. Dedicate a time for prayer. As for prayers, our church is a praying church. And every time I stand on this pulpit or I meet you, I'm going to tell you we have prayer night every Monday at 6.30. And I don't tell you that because I want us to come and fill the pews. I want to tell you that because Monday at 6.30 is a time you can section a whole hour where you can worship God. The people who've been here, 
It's I protect that time. I love it because it's my one hour that I know that I'm not going to be interrupted by anybody. I will worship and I'll be before God. I want to start my week like that. So we have no excuses because as, as soon as we step out that door, there is so much that's taking us away from. But when you look at your life and figure out, how's your prayer life? How much are you talking to God? See, the writer in Hebrews says there are obstacles in the way because he want to he wanna be restored sooner. Even after writing and knowing all this revelation in Hebrew, he's still asking for prayers. And if that guy can ask for prayers, then what about us? If that guy sees the importance of praying, what about us? Right? Pray today that you may have integrity. Right? Ask for forgiveness where you, lose, you have lost integrity. Pray today, tell God to give you integrity. Pray, to, pray today that God equips you to do his work. And that you not, don't divert right or left. That you don't get deceived. Because the days are now when we get deceived. Pray for each other. If you are all prayed up and there's nothing else and your life is perfect, please pray for me. I need prayers. I really do. Pray for us. Pray for, pray for the church, right? Pray, pray for the next generation. Pray for homeschooling. Pray for, pray for the church schooling. Pray for the, the government, right? Pray, right? Continue praying. The Bible says pray without ceasing. What does that look like? Continue praying till you can't stop, right? James, thank you. James 5.16 says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man unveils much. What if we had, we had faithful people here? Righteous people who'd pray for this city, who'd pray for our church, who'd pray for our children, who'd pray for our hearts, Right? Some uh, Isaiah 59 two, but your in, in, inquiry, in, iniquities have separated you from the Lord, and your sins are hidden from His face, so He will not hear you. God is not going to hear you if you compromise your integrity. God is not going to hear you if you have sins. Psalm 66:18. If I regard iniquities, in my, if I regard iniquities in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Mark 11:25 and whenever you stand praying if you have anything against anyone forgive them that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses we need to check our hearts that when we pray then God will hear us and will keep our integrity intact the next the last uh, the last uh, thing that we need to do is open the door and run for your life in second kings 9:110 All right. Now Elijah, the prophet, called one of the sons of, of the prophet and said to him, Giddy up your loins, take the flask of oil in your hand, and go to Ramath Giriad. When you arrive there, look at Jehu, the son of Joshua, the son of Nishim, and go in him, go in and have him arise from among his brother, and take him into the inner room. Take the task of, take, then take the flask of oil and pour it on his head and say, Thus is the Lord, I have anointed you king over Israel. Then open the door and free and do not delay. So the young man, the servant of the prophet, went to Ramoth Giriad. When he arrived, the captain of the army was sitting outside and said, I have a message for you, for you, O captain, Jehu said, to which one of us? And he said, for you, O captain. So Jehu got up and they went into the house and he poured the oils on Jehu's head and said to him, 
Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I've anointed you of king of a people of the Lord over Israel. You shall strike the house of Ahab, your master, so that I may, may avenge the blood of the, my servant, the prophet, and the blood of all servants of the Lord who have died at the hand of Jezebel. For the entire home of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off the I will cut off from Ahab every male both bored and free in Israel. I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jero, Jer, Jeroboam, the son of Nepath, and like the house of Basha, the son of Ahijah. And the dog will eat Jezebel in the territory of Jezebel, and there will be no one to bury her. Then he opened the door and fled. When we are told something by God, and there's a big contrast here. There's a prophet who was told, do not eat, do not drink, do not come the same way. Continue going. Then there's somebody who's sent here, and he's told to go and anoint a king, and when he's done, he lives. He obeys. And so the next time that we are told to do something by God, stop looking to your friend. Stop looking to the things around you. Open the door and run and do what God has asked you to do. Delayed obedience causes us to stumble. Delayed obedience causes us to be able to, uh, it causes us to, be able to uh, affect our integrity. Yes. See, if you look at the, when you look at the young prophet and you look at the one who was sent to, to um, the, the son of the prophet who was sent to do well, one was alive, the other one died. Yeah. What do you want to do today? Do you want to be alive or do you want to die? Don't look back when the Lord says and tells you to go. We know the story of Lot's wife. If you guys don't know what happened, she looked back. When you're told to do something... Now may the God of the people who brought you up, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you, complete you in every good work to do his will working in you what is well pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom the glory forever and ever amen God we worship you tonight all we glorify your holy name we thank you God that you've already set up an example for us Lord that integrity father to walk in integrity is not a choice father but it's a commandment Lord the Jehovah God, those little things, whether it's the little white lies or the big things that we've been doing, thinking that we are okay, Lord, they all sum up, Father, to be seen, Lord. And Jehovah God, anywhere, Father, today that we have compromised our integrity, I pray that you may please forgive us, God, that we may start a clean O King of Glory, Father. I pray, mighty King of Glory, that in those areas, Lord, that we felt that we needed to do, Lord, that we needed to lie in order to save ourselves, Lord. You are showing us with Abram, Lord, that he was okay no matter what happened because, Lord, you had already spoken, King of Glory, God. Help us, mighty King of Glory, God, to be like that young man, Father, who went and, and poured oil and left and just did exactly what you told him to do, Lord. I pray, Jehovah God, that our hearts, mighty King of Glory, God, will seek integrity in every part of our lives, O oh God. In our generation, in our future generation, O King of Glory, God. I pray, mighty King of Glory, God, that you will change us, Lord. That Jehovah God, any lies, no matter how small or big, Father, are never going to be named with the people of freedom and victory in the name of Jesus, Father. The mighty King of Glory, God, will be people that speak the truth no matter what it causes us to, Father. 
that Jehovah God truth will be written on our hearts and our minds and our souls O King of glory every single day of our life Almighty King of glory God I ask you that you may bless your people tonight Jesus I pray mighty King of glory as we live Lord that this word Father sticks in our hearts O God deep in our hearts O Lord and the enemy does not steal it in the name of Jesus Father we praise you and we worship you in Jesus mighty name Amen before you all leave, remember on Saturday, right? Work party. Yes. I am. Yes. All right. Love you. Go get your kids. God bless you. Hey, we want to thank you so much for being online with us today. I want to remind you, if you're not a follower on Facebook, please like our page on YouTube. Please subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. Tell all your friends. Continue to watch online. We thank you for watching. We love you so much. Have a great day.